On this episode of There'll Be Crossbows, James picks out some old deleted scenes, puts them together and tries to slap a theme on it, and passes it off as a new episode. All this and more on this week's compilation episode of There'll Be Crossbows. And the beastly horde approach the castle gates as a ruinous multitude of malice, but the king was prepared. The blue wizard had warned him. There will be danger, and there will be crossbows. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of There Will Be Crossbows. This is James, I'm one of your hosts, and the episode may be new, but the scenes are not. These are deleted scenes from previous episodes that we thought you might like to hear. Today's theme is creativity. All of these characters in these scenes are changing the world, most of them for the worse. Because you know what they say, you have to be the change you want to see in the world, unless you're evil, in which case, definitely don't do that. Don't make any change at all. Enough out of me. Let's get to the scenes. This first one is from almost a year ago, so it's prime time you had to listen. Enjoy. We got a new litter of kittens in this morning. Uh, I'll start listing them on Craigslist. Oh, these these little tabbies here are pretty cute. I bet we could list them for three hundred a pop. This is gonna be this is gonna be fantastic. Look, we're we're gonna make a mint. We're gonna be able to expand the whole operation. We branch out. We expand into tigers. You know what I've been saying? Big cats is where it's at. You have. You've been saying that forever, even before it was cool. Like, I've actively had to stop you. I've, I've asked you to not say it anymore. You've said it so much. I was like, please stop saying that. You're being annoying right now. Yeah, you got mad at me that one time. I just walked right into the bar and shrieked at the top of my lungs. Big cats is where it's at. We got out of that bar. You're right, man. But now I'm justified. Get rid of all these idiot little things. I don't even care if we sell them. Just batch them all together, throw them on eBay. I never thought about selling these things in bulk before. Twelve cats for a thousand bucks? Who wouldn't want that? I'm starting to think that this is actually the way we should go. Forget about the tiger thing. We're just going to tie up all of these kittens together in a great big sphere and sell them on eBay in bulk. Kitten sphere. If it's not a perfect sphere, I think people are not going to complain too much. I like that super obnoxious way of saying it, sphere. Let's say it like that, kitten sphere. It's like the Einstein Brothers bagels calling it schmear instead of smear. See, it's a, it's very difficult to say, which is an added bonus. That's another $200 right there. Kitten sphere, $1,000. Kitten sphere, 1200 bucks. Now I'm just spitballing here, but why don't we just take the Einstein Brothers model to the next level? We just set up a chain of establishments where people can come in, pick out a plain kitten, and then bundle it into a kitten sphere on the spot. And then we could also sell bagels on the side. Uh, I am not going back on the stage. Everybody was laughing at me. You are a stand-up comic. It's not a bad thing that they were laughing. I don't feel that they were laughing with me. No, they weren't. Um, I saw the set from the wings. I think you need a better belt. It was really unfortunate that your pants just fell off in the middle of your set. It did not look planned. No, it was not planned. It was an accident. And it's really unfortunate that I was wearing those 
elephant with a trunk underwear. And then an actual elephant with a trunk came on stage and started doing what looked like a weird sex thing with you. It was weird. I'm not going to lie. I did not enjoy it. Look, man, better luck next time. I, I got to head on stage. It's time for my set. Uh, we, we will, let's grab a drink later and, and commiserate, okay? It's a deal. It's a deal. I'll, I'll watch your set from the wings here. Hello, DC, District of Columbia. It's Byron the Comic. Byron, say my name. Byron, Byron. No one's saying it with me. That's fine. What's up? I see somebody in the front row who's had a bit too much to drink. Hey, what the, what the fuck is this elephant doing to me? Later at drinks. So that didn't go well. Yeah, man, I know how you feel now. That, that sucked. I really, felt, I really felt bad for you. That, that, you didn't do anything to bring that on. I mean, my, my pants stayed on the whole time, but it didn't make a difference. Elephants still did weird things with me. That, that club needs to crack down on its elephant problem. They just solved their polar bear issue. It's just like, how are we supposed to get up there and perform brilliant, truthful comedy if we're being disrupted by wild animals and drunk people? It's just not a hospitable environment for comics. They don't understand that comedy has to be formed within a safe bubble. And if an elephant is constantly trying to fuck you through your pants, that's not a safe bubble. Or in your case, he didn't even have to go through the pants. He just ruined a very expensive pair of novelty underwear. I think we just need to book better gigs. That's what this is all about. I'm not doing any more gigs where there's a wild animal on stage doing sex acts to me. I don't care if I lose half my work. I'm just not going to put up with it anymore. It's a hard line in the sand. I'm with you. You ever think that maybe we're just not very funny? All the time. This is a unique opportunity you have here because you could buy a regular bathtub to replace your faulty bathtub, but do not buy a regular bathtub. I implore you, as a bathtub salesman, I must ask you to consider other options, such as the deluxe bathtub. I was in here last week and you sold me the deluxe toilet, and it's so deluxe that I can't even bring myself to sit down on it. So yeah, at first, a deluxe toilet, you know, looks a little fancy. You don't really want to, you know, uh, put your naked ass on it. I understand that. I should have told you that when I sold it to you. I'm sorry, no refunds. But once you have the deluxe bathtub, the deluxe toilet will fit right in and you'll feel comfortable putting your naked ass on it. I know this is unusual, but would you mind demonstrating for me how this works? Yeah, no problem. As long as you have uh, no issue seeing my naked ass. All right, let me just get uh, stripped of my skivvies here. All right, so. Oh, you're uh, quite a deluxe specimen yourself. All right, well, I'm not for sale, all right, so. <laughs> looking but away. maybe for rent, right? Huh? <laughs> all right well if you're uh not just flirting you're serious leave your number on the front desk on your way out so yeah you turn off this big i'm sorry i just gotta stop were you were we just playing around there or are you interested when i came in i was like if i can trick this salesman into becoming naked in front of me i know that we have a future there's potential there that's pretty wild because when you walked in i was like man i wonder what i could say to this woman uh, to, to make her convince me to take off my clothes in front of her. And uh, that's why I kept working in the term naked ass in our conversation, just as though that were a normal thing to say to a customer. And then uh, sure enough, here I am, butt naked, so. Well, I you piqued my interest last week when I purchased the toilet. And so I just had to come back. I'm not necessarily in the market for a bathtub, but I'm not against it. I'm more in the market for a handsome and smooth talking date well hell uh 
you don't have to ask me twice. Uh, what are you doing tonight? No plans. Maybe you'd care to come inspect my toilet installation? That is the least sexy sounding sexy thing I've heard all day. I'm not even going to put on my clothes from now to then just to save time. Congratulations, you have invented wet bread. You know, I got to talk to you. As my intern, I would like you to be more involved in uh, the inventions themselves. Because as, as cool as it was when I hired you to just sit there and tell me when I invented something what I had just invented, I'm actually realizing that's not a service I necessarily uh, need. Also, this wasn't intended to be an invention. I was just trying to eat breakfast. I have a really hard time coming up with ideas when I'm put on the spot like this. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, did you want some breakfast? Do you want some milk bread? Uh, no, thanks. I, I brought my own breakfast. It's uh, rainbow bread. It makes you feel happy. Rainbow bread? That surely doesn't exist in our time. When I was a kid, I just threw together this little invention. So I just go to the 2600s and get this rainbow bread anytime I feel like it. Templeton, are you trying to tell me you invented a time machine? I mean, I, I guess. Why didn't you tell me this when you were applying to be my apprentice? You, you said the most impressive thing you had done was you made a tongue depressor that was a little larger than the regular tongue depressors they use for fat tongues. Everybody's tongue is a different size. Why is a tongue depressor always the same? Well, I didn't want to tell you, but uh, this is bread from the 1800s. I had been working on a time machine of my own, and I thought I was the only one. If we put our heads together... I would love to collaborate more on this. I know a great little coffee shop that serves up the best Zlork milk cappuccinos that you've ever had in the year 2515. We could just rip off all the best ideas from the future, go back in time, make them ourselves. We'd be pretty rich and you wouldn't have to do any comprehensive thinking. I love that idea. All we have to do is start breeding ourselves some Zorks. Happy 16th birthday. Ashley, I have bought you a car. In fact, I have bought you two cars, but you only get one. I feel really lucky that I get even one car. One of them is a Tesla. It was very expensive. The other is a 1984 Ford Escort. Yeah, I'll take the Escort. Uh, why? Well, I don't really care for the politics of Elon Musk, and I don't want to make a billionaire even more billionaire So I'd rather take the used car, even though it's less fuel efficient. It at least, you know, it, it, it hasn't been manufactured specifically for me, so it's better for the environment that way. Ashley, this was a test. I was never going to give you the Tesla. If you had chosen it, you weren't getting any car. I just really needed to gauge how keen you were about environmental politics. And I have to say, I'm impressed with you today. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. You know I'm probably not going to really drive the car anyway, unless it's an emergency. I mainly like to keep to my bicycle. Ashley, I just want you to also, how do I say this? I don't want your uh, extreme environmental consciousness to negatively impact the experience of just being a, a teenager. I want you to be able to enjoy the world without having to worry about uh, the negligence of your consumption and, and that of the human race. Well, you know, maybe 20 years ago, I could have enjoyed being a teenager, but since uh, the previous generations have kind of fucked up the world, I don't have any choice but to exist in the one I'm living in. You're not wrong. I'm just worried. It's just such a dark place for a teenager to, to be. Well, you know, my motto has always been, you either adapt or you die. 
And I'm planning on adapting. I'm adapting all the time. Eight months later. And uh, this young woman, um, Ashley uh, Millstone here, is receiving the Nobel Prize for uh, Climate, which is a, a new Nobel Prize which is kicking off this year. We're all, the committee's really excited about this one. So uh, uh, congratulations, Ashley. Uh, that was a moving speech you just gave in front of the committee. We're all, we're all really impressed. Thank you, thank you. It was an honor and a privilege to be the one to solve climate change. I'm sorry about all the, the things the Republicans are saying about you. If I were a Republican, I might feel the same way. After all, the realization that the key to reversing climate change is to destroy Republicans. That's a hard pill to swallow. Two years later. And uh, the results are in. And uh, 20-year-old Ashley Millstone has just become the next president of the United States. She's run on a radical platform of annihilating Republicans and turning them into renewable energy. Uh, but it turns out that was popular with 55% uh, of Americans, which was just enough to uh, win the Electoral College. Ashley, that was a very moving closing speech you gave. Uh, how are you feeling about the results tonight? I cannot wait to start making change for all Americans that are still left alive. Hey, it's James. I'm back. I hope you're enjoying the deleted scene so far. That last one was just great. That Ashley, she's going places. It's so inspiring to see young people hate Republicans as much as I do. Well, let's break things up with a song, shall we? I love this song. It's very old. This was in episode 38, way back in, I think, late 2013. And if you were wondering, no, I, I couldn't sing back then either. I'm gonna write a book, it's gonna have 10,000 pages It's gonna go down in history, it'll be one for the ages I'm gonna write a book, it's gonna be a bestseller overnight It's gonna be a thousand times more popular than Harry Potter or Twilight My book is gonna rock, they're gonna make a movie out of it It's gonna win every Academy Award, James Cameron can suck my dick my book will be critically acclaimed, popular with kids and a cash cow. And just to prove that I'm not just talk, I'm gonna start writing it right now, chapter one. Um, it was a... It was a, um... Well, never mind, I got time. In the meantime, I'll think distribution. Cause I'll need to print a billion copies of my literary revolution. Every publisher in the world is gonna want a piece of the action When the sales figures start to come in, it's gonna cause a chain reaction Tolstoy was a total hack and Dickens ain't worth a dime It shouldn't be long before I'm considered the greatest writer of all time Okay, I'm feeling inspired, let's give this another go I just touch the pen to paper and the brilliance starts to flow Chapter 1 Um... <laughs> it was, uh... No We'll come back to that later Let's plan the book tour It'll take the world by storm and make John Grisham look like he's manure I'll sign so many autographs, I'll get carpal tunnel syndrome My writing career will be affected cause my whole arm will be totally numb 
I'll become reclusive like J.D. Salinger Being a millionaire and living off royalties while being a huge penny pincher One day they'll find my body at the age of 41 Everyone will mourn my tragic short life And it all starts here with chapter one Chapter one! Well, never mind that. Goddamn, writing books is hard. I'm starting to think that I need to try something that's more avant-garde. Yeah, I'm gonna write a pop song. How hard can that be? For inspiration, I'll date Taylor Swift and then have her break up with me. I'll write songs about my feelings that'll make my mother cry. Then I'll follow up with a dance hit that'll hit you like Spanish Fly. I'll be in and out of rehab, hell it could be worse. I feel inspiration growing, here comes the first verse. Baby. Shit man. Oh god, my 15 minute break is over. I guess those fries aren't gonna cook themselves. Father Machina, I'm having an ethical dilemma. Is it wrong in the eyes of God to have an ethical dilemma? I hope not, because I've just come to you with one. And does your own judgment of what is right and wrong matter than that of the eyes of God? You're being real shifty right now, Padre. Uh, I came to you with a straightforward question, and I was hoping for a straightforward response and not a whole bunch of Socratic bullshit, just to be frank with you. Have you ever known me not to answer every question with a question? See, you're doing that thing where by asking questions, you're trying to get me to come up with the answer myself, assuming that I haven't already done that. But I have. What I'm doing is coming to a respected elder figure in my life for actual advice. Well, would you like to share the problem with me or are we just going to talk all day? Now, see, I don't know if that was sincere or if you're just doing that same thing again. But I will share my problem, assuming that that was sincere. Do you doubt my intentions or the quality of my advice just because I phrase everything in the form of a question? I do, frankly, because it makes you seem more like you're hosting Jeopardy and less like you're doling out actual useful advice. Are you mocking me? I may be mocking you a little bit, but frankly, you're inviting it via your unconventional style. Should I take this as a sign? that I should kick your fucking ass for giving me so much lip? This was my ethical dilemma, is I'm feeling great hostility toward a paternalistic figure in my life, and I really feel like kicking his ass would get me over the hump. Shall we take this outside, then? I am going to destroy you. Uh, Hank, we're just about to publish your book. Uh, since it's your first one, I really do think it's important we nail the pseudonym, the uh, pen name, if you will. Are we still using that term, pen name? Yeah, yeah. Cannot lose. Hank Shitblaster. My issues with it are twofold, and I'm sorry to spring this on you at the last second. Your Every draft up to this point had Hank Shitblaster on it, so I should have known that that was not a you know working name. That was, in fact, the name you were going to go with. Um, first off, 
your real name is Hank, so it's a weird pen name. Second off, you can't say shit on the cover of a book. It's going to appear as Hank S star 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 to blaster. That takes all the punch out of it. Yeah, no one will know what you're trying to say. Okay, we can get rid of Hank shit blaster. That's fine. How about Phineas T. Fuckwagon? Phineas T. Fuckwagon. I think we're on the right track because Phineas sounds very educated. It sounds like an articulate man who wrote a book. The middle initial's good. Definitely a writer thing to do. I like Fuckwagon. It sounds great. It sounds very bouncy. Uh, it's fun to say. I say it all the time at home. Kids, get on the Fuckwagon. We're going to school. Or kids, where in the Fuckwagon are my pants? But I'm concerned again about us being censored in stores. Okay, okay, okay. I've got, I've got one for sure. All right. Cranston Coxplosion. Hank, why do you want your last name to be so profane? Do you want to be known as Mr. Coxplosion for the rest of your life if this book takes off? Oh, oh, if this book takes off, people will be referring to me as Dr. Coxplosion. All we have to do is thinly veil it so it could be a real name. Then they can't censor it. How about we call you Willie D. Coxsmith? That sounds like that could be a real name. And guess what? You're going to like this part, Hank. The D stands for dong. <gasps> I love it! So do we have a deal or what? Is having three penis euphemisms in the same name too much? Well, I do think it's a little on the nose, considering that your book is entitled History of the Male Sex Organ. I can't believe so many of us survived that plane crash. Boy, this island is mysterious. I think I saw a polar bear. There's some weird wind stuff going on. Can anybody piece this together? Because I'm, I'm fucking confused, you guys. It's like somebody had a million ideas and decided to use them all on the same island. It's just frustrating because once I feel like I figure out one part of this island, a bunch of other stuff gets introduced, which just confuses me even more. There's no way we're going to make it out alive unless some sort of crazy time travel happens. At this rate, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Doc, everyone, I'm going to go look for a submarine. You know there's got to be one here somewhere. I feel like the way the island operates is if you look for anything, you'll probably find it. Maybe we should just be looking for home. Wait, what's this under this shrub? It's my mailbox? We go to J.J. Uh, Abrams' house uh, the next morning. Sorry, honey, I'm, I'm going to need uh, some, some extra coffee. I, I just had weird dreams the whole night, um, but it got me fired up. I have so many ideas now. You were awake all night long ranting and just throwing out story ideas. And I recorded myself sleeping, so I'm going to listen to the recordings of my fever dreams, and I'm going to make it into a hit TV show. Sweetheart, your family, the kids and I, we're worried about you. There's nothing to be worried about. This is going to be such a big hit. It's going to catapult me to fame beyond what we've imagined. Someday, I'll be so famous, I'll get to ruin Star Wars. I'm sure all of that will happen one day. But first, we have to get off this island. Okay, so you approach the door with the party, and there is a crack in the door. Uh, you can either peek through, uh, which just, you know... Roll a d20, we'll see how that goes for you. Um, or you can look for treasure, or you can question the old man in the cloak next to the door. Question the old man. Okay, uh, roll, go ahead, roll the d20. 
Seven with a plus three modifier is a 10. You question the old man. Old man, you say. Sorry, you can say your own dialogue. Hey, old man, what's up? I can't help but notice you're in a cave. He looks at you warily. He says, I can tell your interest is waning. What can I do to further intrigue you in the crack of the door? I say, old man, why don't we trade places and I can have a shot at running things and maybe I won't run into you every week. Maybe we'll have a little change, little difference, little excitement. All right, you know what, man? Like, I am the dungeon master. You join my game, right? This is just how it works. Look, if you could think you could do it better than me, honestly, let's see it. Because you keep saying you want to do this, fine, do it. We're starting here. You're dungeon master now. Go. Harvey, I, Harvey, I don't think I can do it better. I just think you run the same quest every week. That's because the only book my mom let me buy was The Crack of the Door with the Old Man. Like, it's a 100-page book just for this one quest. I don't have any other, you know, materials, and I can't come up with stuff on my own. I bet you could. I mean, we could try. The first time we did this quest, it was really great. Now we've done it a couple dozen times. It's wearing a little thin. Anything new is going to be great. Okay. Um, well, cool. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're game. Um, okay, I got, okay, so um, I'm just going to uh, spitball here, and we'll see what happens, all right? Okay. Okay. Um, you walk into a toilet store. And there's a toilet and a bathtub, and they're really nice. And there's a man. He's not old at all, just a regular man. He comes up, and he's the salesperson. And he says, oh, can I sell you a deluxe bathtub? OK, I'm going to attempt to seduce. Uh, OK, uh, roll. OK. Ooh, 18 with a plus three modifier. Critical hit. He takes off his clothes, revealing his naked ass. You've done it. You've seduced the bathtub salesman. Ooh, ooh, try for a bathtub discount. All right, roll again. It's a five. You With your charisma, that gets you a 20% discount. This is the best game we've ever played. I'll sell you this bathtub with your 20% discount for only 13 gold coins, says the man, who is still naked. Only if you get into it with me. You got a deal, partner. I'm going uh, attempt to attempt to bring him back to my lair. All right, I got a natural 20. Natural 20, he just moved in. He lives with you now. Oh, fantastic. Tell him to never go in the garage because I've got a hungry mythological beast in there. Your chowder needs seasoning. I am a highly regarded chef and you are a food critic. Are you going to sit at my table while I watch you and tell me exactly what you think of my food? That is quite literally my job. I'm telling you directly to your face that eating this bowl of clam chowder, it's like taking a bowl, scooping it directly into the bit of water right at the edge of the beach, swirling it around for a moment, and then consuming everything that you happen to scoop up. I have never in my life encountered such scathing criticism. I'm starting to doubt my choice of profession. If the soup is really as bad as you say, I, I shouldn't be a chef at all. I have eaten literal insects that had more texture than this. Excuse me, uh, it's Sean, the dishwasher. I'm so sorry I had to interrupt. I, um, there was a mistake and we actually sent out a bowl of dishwater to this table instead of the chowder. Uh, that was totally my fault. I uh, shouldn't have put it in the, uh, the hot plate area. 
Uh, do you want do you want the actual chowder, sir? I would love the actual chowder. And may I say, as far as dishwater goes, it was some of the tastiest dishwater I've ever had. Do you really mean that? Because I've really been working on kind of, you know, as I'm washing, seasoning a little bit and just really kind of tasting as I go. And I thought that batch was actually pretty strong. I'm just trying to understand. So you've been eating the dishwasher's dishwater and reviewing it as though you thought it was soup on my menu. And I was about to leave the whole industry because of your criticism of said dishwater. Yeah, not to be rude, boss, but I'm having a pretty important conversation for my career right now. So if you could just take a step back. I love the dishwater. It had the taste of lemon palm olive with just a soupçon of joy. That was my blend. I'm the first one who started doing that blend. If you had sent it out labeled as dishwater, that would have appropriately set my expectations. I blame the chef. I can't express how little I had to do with the fact that you got served dishwater. I, I don't know what it is you think that I do here, but uh, I'm as dismayed as you. I seem to be a lot more dismayed than you. Uh, again, boss, please just uh, take a back seat. Uh, I'm talking to the critic. So I was thinking, I've been saving up. I was thinking about uh, buying that uh, little shop on the corner and opening up Sean's Dirty Dishwater Cafe. I will be there and I'm bringing your chef as my guest so that he can see what a really well-run restaurant looks like. All right, and that brings us to the end of the episode. I That last sound effect, that kazoo, I just found that last week. Where has that been all my life? It's the best. I'm going to play it all the time now, just you wait. All right, well, thanks for joining me today for some deleted scenes in our creativity episode. I hope you find some way to be creative in your own life. I hope I find some way to be creative. Maybe I'll do improv. Oh, wait. I already did. God, I feel fulfilled right now. <laughs>